Welcome to this week's edition of the Pete Mazzetti Show. I'm your host, Pete Mazzetti. My guest this evening is Congressman Joe Courtney. Congressman Joe, welcome. How are you? Uh, great, and um, thank you for uh, setting this up. I uh, want to give kudos to your production team. I've done Zooms with uh, network television, and frankly, this one is about as smooth and you know, uh, well done as any I've seen. So well, thank you. You, know, you. You've got a good group, you know, you. working with you. Absolutely. And I, actually, I want to give kudos to your staff with Patrick and Christian. Everybody's been great over the last couple yeah. of days just trying to get things orchestrated and set up. So great. how have you been? Uh, I'm fine. I mean, I uh, my health's good. good. You know, family's good. Um, you know, just got back from D.C. Friday night. We were yep. in for a couple weeks. And we're, as you and I were talking off camera, we're on standby 24 hours to get back down in right. case, uh, hopefully, we strike a deal on another COVID relief package. I was going to say, well, we'll, well why, don't, why don't we start there tonight and talk about the COVID relief package that's that you guys are talking about in the nation's right. capital? So, I mean, the good news over the last six months or so is that we've actually done four COVID bills uh, that have been very bipartisan, um, overwhelming votes. Um, the big one was the CARES Act. Obviously, uh, that's the one that uh, people got checks sent in the mail and you know the unemployment uh, extra benefit, yeah. the small business loans, the PPP loans. Um, and there was some money for state government and, and there was some money for hospitals. Uh, not enough, as it turns out, I, I believe. And I think, you know, any objective person would agree with that. And, um, and you know, we know that this um, recession, which has obviously started because of the pandemic, um, is far from over. Uh, just in the last couple of days, the airline industry announced mass layoffs uh, because of the fact that the CARES Act money ran out oh, wow. on uh, uh, October 1. So, uh, I mean, American Airlines, uh, United, um, you know, a couple of the other big ones. I mean, it's it's well over 50,000 new layoffs, really just within the last 48 hours, you know, 72 hours. And, um, you know, and we're seeing that ripple effect in the aerospace sector because a lot of the airlines have canceled orders for new planes, mm -hmm. uh, you know, which means less engine work in Connecticut, you know, at Pratt and Whitney. And, um, uh, and you know, talk to anybody, you know, and again, I'm just talking about one sector. But you talk to anybody who's an expert in that area. I mean, they really are not really anticipating real passenger volume, right. you know, pre-COVID for at least a good year or so. I mean, even if we get a, a vaccine that you know people believe is really working and co you know confidence comes back, it's just so. Anyway, we need another COVID bill, and and um, this bill would extend um, you know more relief in the airline sector, but also um, you know definitely a strong infusion of money for school districts you know, who are really up against it. I was at the uh, Andover Elementary School um, today. Nice. And, um, you know, they, they, you know, it's just amazing, you know, frankly, how great the teachers and, and you know, staff have been, but it's hard. I mean, oh, yeah. you know, having to, and, and the extra expense of equipment and sanitation, you know, sanitizing. Um, and that's a small little, you know, school district comparatively, you know, some of the bigger districts, I mean, it, it's even harder. So we need to get more assistance to them and, and to state government. And um, and so anyway, we in the House passed two versions of a COVID relief bill, the HEROES Act, okay. uh, which was a big one back in May. And, um, you know, Mitch McConnell just is completely stonewalled, you know, in terms of uh, moving anything forward. So we came out with a smaller version last Thursday night, which okay. we passed. 
The, the only, I mean, the, the good news is, is that Mnuchin, uh, Stephen Mnuchin, uh, Trump's Treasury Secretary, yeah, has been actively negotiating with uh, the Speaker. If um, if they come to a deal and Trump endorses the deal, then we know there's going to be a vote in, in the Senate because McConnell, you know, will do he'll he'll take a bill to the floor if Trump has given his blessing to it. Yeah, um, and I, you know, I'm. I'm encourage that they're still going at it they had a, about an hour-long conference call this morning and they are going to uh, resume tomorrow morning they had to go back and get some numbers straight so that they're both working off the same you know sheet of paper mm -hmm. and um and hopefully i mean i'll friggin swim down to washington because i mean I, again we, we we are getting mail from people and it's it's pretty uh you know, for, for a lot of small businesses, for a lot of individuals, I mean, it's it's getting very, um, you know, very tough out there. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. What about the stimulus package? What's go, what's going on with that? Well, again, that's the COVID relief bill. Oh, okay. So, so, and again, there will be another round of stimulus checks. I mean, again, the bill that we pass would be another twelve hundred dollar for Got adults Got and uh, five hundred dollar for dependent children. Okay. Um, so, uh, and that one, I mean, you know, we did a, we have a huge um, readership now in terms mm -hmm. of uh, our email newsletter. Okay. And we did a poll. We did a poll, you know, asking people what, what's their number one priority. You know, we put school money and state money and small businesses. Right. But it would probably come as no great surprise to you that the uh, getting another round of, of payments of checks right. is uh, number one. Absolutely, absolutely. And recently, just, go, just going by what's happening in the world in the news not only covid but i from what i understand it is ruth bader ginsburg passed away yes which um you know first of all just from a personal standpoint you know it's yeah. a great tragedy because she really was a giant oh in absolutely this history and um you know uh i actually was at the supreme court uh in front row seat to watch a, an oral argument there a few years back it was on obamacare oh, the wow. affordable care act and and she um you know, she she was even then sort of speaking softly because mm -hmm. you know she was pretty frail at that point. Right. But um, you know, she you know razor sharp mind, and oh, yeah. uh, you know the the I, you know the lawyers who uh, were standing in front of her, you know, had to be on their toes. Oh yeah, <laughs> she. And um, so anyway, obviously that you know could really tip the scales in the in the Supreme Court. Right. Um, you know. President Trump is trying to, in my opinion, ram through uh, a nomination mm -hmm. with just days to go before an election. Uh, right. And Mitch McConnell, even though there's three senators that are, have already tested positive for COVID, uh, yep. is saying that he will hold a floor vote because uh, they can't do anything remotely. Uh, they can do remote committee meetings, but they can't do remote voting and no proxy voting. So. Wow. Uh, so these guys are going to probably be walking in in you know surgical gowns and face shields and. You know, God knows what else, but it's oh, not wow. right. I mean, really, no. um, you know, the American people are, are voting right now. Uh, oh, yeah. As you, as you and I both know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> absolutely. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, 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 and now with what's going on with the COVID, how has that affected your day-to-day -day going down to D.C. and yeah. your, your re-election? So in March... Um, in April, my wife and I were driving down, and okay. uh, you know, frankly, because there was so little traffic—I mean, almost no traffic. Oh yeah, um, it was like the fastest ride to DC uh, I can ever remember. And um, <laughs> the, um, you know, as 
um, Audrey, you know, who was on furlough at that point, she works at Children's Hospital. Yes. Um, but she's back to work. So at this point, you know, I've been flying down. Uh, again, Southwest Airlines has been, and to some degree United, have been pretty good about capping the number of tickets they sell right. so that there is social distancing on the, on the plane. On it's the a plane. short flight, as you know. It's oh, yeah. About, yeah, 50 minutes. And I just turned that nozzle on and have that air <laughs> air going as much as it can and, 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 you know, obviously wear a mask. So, Absolutely. Uh, and I, I did test uh, about a week or so ago, uh, and, you know, results came back negative. So, so oh, far, the air, travel, the air travel has been um, safe. Oh, excellent. Now, let's talk about your new bill to help Eastern Connecticut school, district, school districts during the COVID-19. Right. So, um, you know, again, our district is very unique in the sense that we have a large military base in New England, the largest by far, oh, yeah. you know, with the uh, Groton sub-base. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's about roughly about 9,000 sailors and officers that work uh, at the base, uh, right. and a lot of them have kids, and and some of them have really big families. I mean, yeah. I've, I've met some of the uh, sailors there, and it's really um, quite remarkable. But anyway, um, you know, because they live on the military installation, um, you know, their kids, you know, go to the schools. Groton and Ledyard are the ones that you know, get the vast majority of them. And again, those towns embrace those kids. They do, you know, wonderful things with them. Um, but there really is no property tax base for those okay. children. I mean, so there's over time, there's been a what's called impact aid, which is basically the impact of having large military uh, facilities in districts where you get the school district gets a payment uh, based on the school census and the school population of military kids. Well, um, you know, we heard from the superintendent in Groton and Ledyard is that, you know, because of, um, you know, hybrid learning where, yep. you know, kids are there half day, you know, half a week, some of them are virtual, um, you know, and there's always a lot of uh, transition with, with um, sailors being, you know, deployed and redeployed. They were basically, they knew they were going to have an undercount um, this year because of COVID. And so what my bill basically did was it said, you know what, we're, we're just going to, um, use last year's census count, last year's population count, um, and avoid, uh, you know, Groton and Ledyard taking a hit. Um, again, really, which is totally directly caused by COVID um, because they have to fill out all these forms and submit an application to the U.S. Department of Education, and then they get the payment. So this basically uh, eliminated that. So we, the, I um, teamed up with a Republican member from South Dakota um, guy named Dusty Johnson, and uh, the two of us, you know, uh, sponsored the bill, and um, we were very pleased that it actually got through on, on Friday. It passed on Friday, and uh, we, we've got pretty good signals in the Senate that it's going to get through. Uh, we put out a press release so you, just a couple hours ago, so you're yeah. right on it, Pete. And uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, But again, the school superintendent and the Board of Education in those two towns is uh, e extremely happy because... Um, you know, they were looking at really taking hundreds of thousands of dollars of uh, cuts. Uh, and again, really just because of the disruption that's being caused by COVID. Now, now let's talk about your effort to support Eastern Connecticut farm, Connecticut farms during the COVID. Right. So, um, you know, when, when the, uh, particularly back in the spring, yeah. um, you know, the price of uh, agricultural products collapsed. Oh yeah. Um, you know, partly because restaurants closed, you know, almost across the board, um, you know, the uh, schools closed. Uh, so, you know, particularly for dairy and milk products, you know, that's a big customer for them. Oh, absolutely. And, um, 
So, uh, you know, the, the dairy farms in Eastern Connecticut operate on very thin margins. And uh, so, it, and it's sold by what's called the hundredweight. So it's like, you know, right before COVID, it was about $19 per hundredweight. Okay. And it, dro it dropped to about $11, which is, you know, that is like yeah. a catastrophe. Oh, absolutely. So, um, so the CARES Act, uh, which passed in March, you know, had an allotment of money to uh, provide for uh, loss of revenue for farmers. Um, and, um, you know, they gave out one big tranche uh, for, you know, price losses through like the mid-April, which helped, you know, right. kind of keep the, the, the doors open. Um, but just uh, two weeks ago, we got a second um, tranche of money um, that is going out to a dairy farm. So if you had a, like a farm with about 100 uh, cows, um, and you've got sort of normal production levels, um, you know, that's roughly about $20,000 that um, the that the second tranche of money um, is going to provide, which, you know, these guys work really hard, oh, you yeah. know, and dairy farmers, and, and that's a big deal. Shellfish growers also down in Groton, you know, along yeah. the shoreline, um, because almost their entire product goes to restaurants. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, they their sales just completely collapsed. Um, the Department of Agriculture initially really refused to give them any help because they said shellfish growers aren't really farmers, which is not true. Uh, not? Because yeah, those guys go out, they plant, you know, the in, in inside, and then they transport it out to you know waters nearby the shore and uh, harvest it just like a, a crop. So right. uh, anyway, we we were very excited that we actually convinced them that we you know that they deserve help, and um, so they're they're now also qualified for that uh, CARES Act money. Wow, very. I didn't see. I didn't. I didn't know that, Joe. You, you taught me something new tonight. I'm telling you, there are so many nooks and crannies <laughs> in this, um, in what we're experiencing right now. And um, uh, and and again, the shellfish industry in Connecticut has really been kind of you know a really success story in the last right. ten years or so. Um, it had almost completely disappeared, and it's really coming back. And and they're, you know the oysters. I don't know if you're an oyster eater, but oh yeah, delicious. oh yeah. Yeah, they're very, I mean, and they get, you know, recognized nationally, you know, for the quality. Absolutely, absolutely. And yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure, dur again, during the COVID, the other people that are struggling through are your small businesses. They are. So, um, and again, that's across the, the board. I mean, right. we uh, heard from, um, you know, in my neighborhood in Vernon, there was a guy who you know, runs uh, a tire town, you know, and he, he yep. you know, again, initially uh, everybody was off the road, nobody was driving. Exactly. And, uh, uh, and again, so the, the um, Paycheck Protection Program, PPP, mm -hmm. yep. uh, which is a forgivable loan program, you know, we, we helped a, a ton of um, small businesses, and I think it was roughly about 10,000 use the program in Eastern Connecticut. Um, you know, for a lot of them, um, it was a godsend and kind of kept the lights on and some of them have been able to recover. Others are still struggling and that's why we need to get this uh, another package through. And, and that included in the HEROES Act is a second round of small business loans so that, um, you know, some of these companies can, can again, keep, can survive and get, get hopefully on the other side of this virus. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, as far as voting goes, when could that happen? Well, again, we're, we're on 24 hours right, notice, yeah. and um, uh, the speaker's office, I know, announced that she and uh, Mnuchin are, are, again, have scheduled tomorrow for more um, negotiations. Uh, so, you know, frankly, if the signal goes up, the bat signal goes up, oh, you know, to, to, to come to Washington, um, you know, I'm going to get on my horse, get down there, so... <laughs>
<laughs> oh my God. So have you have you met Joe Biden? You know, uh, briefly. I, it's funny because um, you know I actually got to know President Obama, um, in a, particularly in his second term, um, and uh, and Biden. You know. Um, He's, he's a, you know, he's kind of a Senate guy. He's that, yeah. that kind of, you know, and plus he was vice president. So he was over in that chamber. That's right. Uh, quite a bit. So, I mean, I met him at some, you know, uh, uh, you know, like Christmas parties, oh, yeah. you know, at the white house and, and, um, uh, you know, I mean, Chris Dodd, the former Senator from oh, yeah. uh, Connecticut is extremely close. Oh, absolutely. Um, and, uh, you know, there was a, uh, when I was, um, making my announcement endorsing Biden, uh, you know, I wanted to, again, just kind of check in with this campaign in terms of shipbuilding and submarine construction, just to yep. kind of be able to check that box. And, and uh, I called Chris Dodd up um, and he was able to connect me right with his people. And, uh, and again, I think he's going to be a good president yeah. for the Navy and for uh, shipbuilding in our in our region. Um, and, um, you know, I mean, it's really quite extraordinary. Uh, you know, his campaign was on life support there at one point yeah, after know. the New Hampshire yeah. primary and the Nevada primary. And um, I mean, he just came roaring back after South Carolina. Speaking of campaigning going, how's your campaign going? So it's unlike any other campaign. Oh, um, yeah. you know, nor normally we have lots of uh, headquarters and in-person, you know, volunteers and, um, you know, voter contact at county fairs and Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, parades and all that stuff. And I mean, it's, you know, from really, it was almost started with the St. Patrick's Day week. Yeah. No <laughs> I mean, we haven't had, there hasn't been a parade except a couple of car parades. Oh, God. Uh, and um, uh, so, you know, I've, I've been doing some outdoor uh, meet the meet and greet events. Okay. Um, you know, this past weekend, I did one in Plainfield and one in Bolton. We've done Griswold. Uh, we did one at Groton and, um, it's kind of fun, sort of old fashioned, you know, right. up on a podium, you know, um, and outdoors, you know, taking questions and, and that sort of thing. Um, exactly. but, um, you know, we're, we're going to probably, you'll probably see my face on television, you know, sometime, you know, later this month. And, um, you know, we're, uh, you know, communicating, uh, again, electronically, uh, in the campaign, Absolutely. the, um, uh, we've got we had a couple joint appearances myself and my opponent uh, last week, and, okay. and we have a radio debate scheduled next week. And oh, so you know a lot of that's certainly you know which is standard operating procedure. Yeah, I was going to say no, norm, like like you said, normally you're doing a lot of things differently because if it wasn't different, you'd be sitting here next to me tonight. Exactly. <laughs> no, this is a per this is absolutely perfect example. Exactly. Yeah, you and I would be sitting instead of looking. At you and I, the way that we're doing this tonight, you and you should be sitting in this chair next to me. But. <laughs> so, have you been doing um, in studio shows with with guests? Oh yeah, I've 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 actually got I've actually gone back a couple months and been do doing in studio. But before that, we were doing Chris Morgan, who's the public access coordinator here with Valley Shore. We started doing it through Zoom, yeah, from my home office. And it was it was okay at the beginning, but it's like I really want to get back into studio because it doesn't the pro, the pro, product the product product still looks great, but it doesn't look the same. Like sitting, no, that's right. Like, like sitting no, here. yeah. The um, you know they were talking about the uh, hearing for the Supreme Court, you know, which again is going to be yeah. uh, you know sort of hybrid. Mm -hmm. 
And um, Kamala Harris was making the point that it's just really, it just does not have the same dynamic no. as, as an in-person um, event. I mean, it's just, um, you know, it, 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 we, we can't wait till we're on the other side of this. I know, I know, hopefully, hopefully and hopefully soon. Speaking of Kamala Harris, I understand that her, her and Mike Pence are gonna debate, I believe, this week yeah. or next week. It's uh, actually, it's uh, two nights from now. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, and um, uh, I mean, again, Pence, you know, uh, actually uh, had a job similar to yours. He was a TV, um, you know, personality out in Indiana, you know, before he went to Congress. So he, you know, he's pretty comfortable in front of a, a TV camera. Yeah. You know, obviously was a member of the House of Representatives and, right. and has debated before. Uh, but Harris obviously is, uh, you know, very um, impressive. Uh, debater and you know obviously you know with somebody who argued cases in court and uh uh you know again another razor sharp mind so um yeah that that should be uh you know quite a quite an event i mean i don't think you're going to have the interruptions in the you know <laughs> talking over you know that we saw in the presidential debate um so uh and again i'm sure the interest level will be off the charts absolutely and yeah. Speaking of the speaking of the presidential, what do you think they're going to do about the rest of the debate schedule? Are they going to do it, or are they just going to call it and say, "Yeah, we I don't mean, know." Uh, so the debate commission, it's my understanding, you know, uh, for the first debate, you had to have a negative test result um, right. before the debate, and um, you know, they kind of um, Biden did take a test and came back negative, oh. um, and the president's uh, the White House said that uh, the. President Trump had had one uh, a day or two before okay. uh, the Cleveland debate, uh, so he did not test when he got to, to Cleveland. That's there. I actually think they're probably going to be a lot stricter right. if there's going to be a, a second debate. There and and you know, if he if he's um, testing negative and um, you know the commission's comfortable that it's safe, then there's going to be debates. I mean, there's oh, no, yeah. no no question about it. I oh, think they're yeah. going to make it. I think they're going to enforce the mask rule in the, in right. the studio this time oh, much absolutely. stricter right absolutely absolutely and from what i understand i believe the president's going to be getting released today or tomorrow from walter reed that's what they're saying this evening uh, i just watched the doctor who um you know i mean he he uh was quite um you know confident about his diagnosis so right. um um you know the white house does have a lot of uh, medical yep. uh you know capacity and facilities that are there so uh it's not like you and I going home to our house. You know? Yeah, right. It's not like yeah, right. Not like we're going home or walking into the clinic. Right. Speak. Speaking of what's going on because of the COVID, what's going on with the electric boat? So um, at the beginning of the pandemic, um, the Department of Defense designated EB as a um, you know basically as an essential industry, yeah. and um, so they stayed open. Okay. And and it was a pretty rough month or so um, when they first had to deal with that because they really didn't have enough, um, you know, personal protective equipment. Um, and, you know, if you've ever been inside the shipyard there, I mean, they're working in very close quarters. I mean, oh, wow. particularly when you're talking about a submarine, you know, um, and uh, so they had a little bit of a spike there initially. Um, in fact, the CEO of Electric Boat, Kevin Graney, um, tested positive. Oh, wow. So, um, uh, but, you know, Kudos to them because they really, um, you know, brought on a medical team. They, they did split shifts with a, a break in between so they could do cleaning. 
and you know one group would not have contact with the other um, and got a lot more PPE in there and their caseload dropped um, dramatically. In the middle of the um, of April, they actually commissioned the USS Vermont, which is one of the new Virginia class submarines. Uh, again, it had been under construction for almost five years before that, but but they were able to commission the sub and and you know they didn't have a big crowd and people cheering and a bottle of champagne, you know, yeah. to, to to crack in the hull. But you know, at the end of the day, it's about getting the the boat uh, out in the water and. Um, it came back with the highest quality rating of any Virginia class submarine that's been built, which, you know, I, I just, you know, think the world of, of the people who work there. I mean, that that's an incredibly impressive accomplishment in the middle of a pandemic um, to be able to sort of stay on task, get the work done and do it really well. So anyway, you know, the um, the work continues to grow. Again, they're building two Virginia class subs a year. And then they're, they're starting new construction on the Columbia class submarines, which are the really big ones. And um, when the president's budget came over, uh, he actually cut a submarine out of the Virginia program for 2021, which really caught people by surprise because, you know, they've been building two a year going back to 2011. Right. So as you know, Peter, I chair the Sea Power yes. Committee, which yeah, is right. which is in charge of the Navy shipbuilding plan in Congress. Um, you know, our power under the in Article One, Section Eight, is it's Congress that mm -hmm. uh, procures and maintains the Navy. Okay. So um, we worked hard, but we and we restored that boat. So the final budget that's coming out, um, you know, we overturned Trump's uh, plan, okay. and um, and that sub is going back in there. Otherwise, there would have been layoffs, right. and and we don't need that. No, definitely, definitely not. I've actually I've actually never been to Electric, but it's pretty impressive. Oh yeah, well it's um, it's quite a place. I mean the um, you know the christenings and the commissionings are the events where the public can get invited, and um, right. you've got to bug Patrick. You know, again, yeah. they're not going to have one for a while because of COVID, but um, That's okay. you know, there's a there's a lot of subs under construction there, so there's going to be a bunch of these events over time okay. over the years. All right, I'll keep yeah. in touch with Patrick and yep. See what Chris, yeah, Christian. Yep. yep. Absolutely, absolutely. So what else, what else is going on in district? So, um, you know, up where I live, um, you know, we've got a pretty tough problem with the, um, you know, there was a, a quarry that, um, you know, was supplying concrete for home construction sure. in the 80s and 90s. And it had this metal substance in it called pyrotite, okay. which over over time, if it's exposed to moisture, which obviously we we you know, even though it's kind of a drought this summer, I mean, we do get kind of a, you know, rain and snow and um, the pyrotite um, rusts and there's cracking in the concrete and um, it's really bad in terms of, uh, you know, a house that, you know, is maybe 10 years old or 15 years old is suddenly um, crumbling and collapsing from, from below. So um, this has been going on now for about four or five years. And uh, I was able to get um, funding from, the National Institute of Science and Technology sure. or the Yukon School of Engineering who um, actually have some really um, pretty impressive concrete specialists and oh. experts over there. And um, they were out in my town a couple days ago, um, you know, drilling core samples. Right. And um, actually they're coming back again next week um, because the grant, you know, really is going to give them lots of um, opportunities to understand this better and hopefully 
you know, we can come up with a solution that doesn't require having to just basically um, lift the house up on a house jack and knock out the old foundation and pour a new one because that's extremely expensive. Oh, and, um, absolutely. you know, yeah, so, um, you know, they, there's probably about two, 300 homes that have already done that. Uh, and some of it's right pretty close to where I live in Vernon. Um, and I mean, it's pretty, you know, traumatic for somebody who, you know, their house is their biggest asset. And then they suddenly find out that it's, you know, literally falling apart. So, um, so anyway, we've been working with HUD. We've been working with the National Institute of Science and Technology. And, um, uh, you know, there's some tax issues with the IRS. Um, so that's that's a big one. It's, again, it's more north central, east, you know, uh, border of Massachusetts uh, communities, not down where you are. And, um, uh, you know, the, the House has been, you know, I think with a new Democratic majority, been doing some really good work on other issues. Okay. Um, but we really got our fingers crossed. This election is going to turn around and, you know, we're going to get a majority in the Senate so we can really get some some of these bills that have uh, piled up in the last two years and get them really moving. You know, Mitch McConnell, he, he likes to call himself the Grim Reaper, <laughs> you know, but it's really, you know, when, he, when he's killing legislation like uh, the Violence Against Women Act and, and, you know, bills to reduce people's prescription drug costs, um, yeah. You know, I mean, that's just hurting people. Oh, absolutely. You know, that's, that, and, and so um, that's why I'm very excited about this election and very excited about going back to D.C. in the next Congress, because I, I do think, um, you know, looking at the polls, talking to some of my buddies from other parts of the country, um, you know, people are feeling, you know, that this could be a real um, pivotal election in terms of changing control, um, not just in the White House, but also in the Senate. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you've been a congressman for how long, Joe? This is my seventh term, Pete, if you can imagine that. So that's 14 years. Wow. Yeah, I can remember doing that show right before the election. That's right. When we won in 2006. That's, that's right. 14 years ago. Oh, oh my God, Joe. <laughs> you haven't changed a bit. I'm, no, I'm you either. <laughs> you, you either, you either. I know. I, I, that's right. We were in Clinton at Comcast when we, when we yep. did that show. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> so as far as the virus and what's going on, do you think is this is this going to be the new normal for a while? Or are we going to actually get back to? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, one thing, again, with those four COVID bills that I mentioned, you yep. know, at the outset that we did come sure. together and, and vote. I mean, we there really has been some serious money oh, yeah. that's been put into vaccine research. And, um, you know, as you know, I mean, in order to make sure that a drug works and is safe, you have to have these clinical trials oh. to um, test it out. And, um, you know, the, the process for this has been really accelerated and speeded up. They call it Operation Warp Speed, mm -hmm. um, which um, has definitely, uh, you know, fingers crossed, started to show some potential for some real, um, you know, usable uh, medication. So Pfizer is one of the um, uh, developers. There's yeah. a, a firm in, in the UK that's also uh, been showing some really promising results. And, um, uh, you know, and it may be, um, you know, that there's more than one vaccine that gets developed to, to you know, knock this thing out. And, yeah. but so, you know, the president at one point was saying, you know, that it was going to be this fall and that you know, it was just crazy because there's just no way you can do clinical trials safely that fast. I mean, you, no. you, you, you don't want to be giving out medicine to people that, you know, has terrible side effects. 
No, of course. So, um, so now, I mean, it looks like the beginning of the year is the, and Dr. Fauci, you know, yep. who I, in my opinion is a credible source, you know, saying that, you know, there, there's a, you know, decent uh, likelihood that we're going to have something by uh, early 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, then you have to deal with the issue of distribution because, you know, oh, we yeah. have 300 million people in this country. Exactly. And um, so, so, who gets um, and that's, you know what, Peter, that is going to be, uh, we haven't really sort of decided that issue yet. Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> Personal feeling is healthcare workers, you know, people who are really in super essential services right. um, should get to the front of the line. Absolutely. And um, the, um, and then, you know, obviously uh, building out that um, network. I mean, we do it with flu shots every year. We do it with other uh, medications, but this thing is going to be such an intense um, vaccination program that's going to be required because it's, you know, flu shots get spread out over a period of months, yes. you know, and uh, th- this thing, you know, it's if we're going to really get that herd um, immunity that they talk about, which is a, you know, percentage of the population that's safe, um, it's going to, it's going to have to happen fairly fast. And, and as I said, that's just another issue about how you develop that system, that network of distribution. And also, as you point out, prioritizing who goes first. Exactly. And, and frankly, there's going to be demand from overseas as well, because it's a global pandemic. And, right. and um, you know, if you're going to get, you want to resume international air travel, you yeah. know, uh, you know, then then you have to do it on a global basis. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And just by watching the news and what's going on in the world and in the country, Dr. Fauci seems like a very credible source. No, he's a really amazing guy, and um, you know, obviously he was um, key and instrumental when AIDS, HIV, yep. struck, and you know that was the last real you know pandemic. Uh, again, bloodborne pathogen, not like an airborne pathogen, which is what yep. we have now. And, um, you know, I really don't think he has a political bone in his body. You know, I think he's just, he's a scientist. Yeah, you know? right. um, uh, and he's also 78 years old. And, you know, I think he's reached a point in life where he's, he's going to tell it like it is. And um, thank God, you yeah, know, because, no uh, you know, it, it's, it's all about science and medicine. That's, that's really what should be controlling the decisions. He's 78. I didn't know that. He looks great. You know, he does. I mean, he takes, I mean, he takes, he obviously takes very good care of himself. Oh, yeah. Um, but, you know, his mind is, is really um, what I think is the most impressive. He's just, you know, so um, sharp and, and, you know, he's able to articulate very complicated scientific ideas, you know, in plain English, which is a real talent. Exactly. Now, what, what do you think? Is the Supreme Court going to vote before the election or who knows so again the the, um, the plan is to get the the hearing start on october 12th which is monday oh, okay uh, yep so um you know it, it's obviously um mock speed yep. you know that, that uh, mcconnell's operating under and um, oh, yeah. and they and they want to have a vote before the election um which again is just uh, defies all precedent in terms of um you know, they haven't really even done a real background check, you know, that's mm-hmm. normally done. And um, uh, so it's, um, that's the plan. And now after the election on yes. November 10th, yes. the Supreme Court has um, on the docket mm-hmm. the uh, Texas case that's looking to strike down the Affordable Care Act. I mean, and I'm saying just completely wipe it out. And um, 
It's made its way up through the district court and the appellate courts, and now it's in front of the Supreme Court. And if that happens, um, you know, that in the middle of a pandemic, when people, yeah. you know, need their health care. Um, Absolutely. You know, the, 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 the consequence is just, you know, almost too horrible to, to contemplate. And, um, you know, 20 million people would lose their, their um, health coverage if um, when, when the Republicans tried to repeal the Affordable Care Act. Uh, um, but even in that bill, they kind of protected some of the um, parts of the law, like age 26 coverage and eliminating lifetime limits that people had in, in their insurance policies. So um, this thing just completely, it just, it's a total um, dismantling, pre-existing conditions, protections. Um, so, um, you know, the unfortunate thing about his nominee, you know, Judge uh, Barrett, Coney yes. Barrett, yep. she, um, you know, she's, she's an impressive person, you know, I mean, her, you know, educational background or academic credentials, you know, mother of seven, God yeah. bless her, you know, yeah, and, um, you know, she, um, I'm sure is a very, you know, good person, you know, as a mother and, you know, even, and as a law professor, but, you know, she has written a lot of um, material out there expressing her, you know, judicial philosophy, and she's made no bones about it, that she right. thinks the Affordable Care Act is unconstitutional, and, you know, that's that. And, um, you know, given the fact that the court already upheld it once, uh, to me, a real conservative is, is a judge who respects judicial precedent and does not just kick over, a you know, a decision the court just made a, a few years ago. I mean, to me, that's conservative is to is to is okay. to not be disruptive and recognize that a court's already dealt with a question and, and it's a settled law. Exactly. So, Joe, what other committees are you on down there in the, the nation's capital? So I'm on the Education and Labor Committee, um, which, um, you know, uh, again, fingers crossed, we're really going to, you know, with a new majority in the Senate, really start moving some um, bills. I mean, the big one for me is um, we have not. Uh, updated the higher education law of this country since 2008. Okay. And the cost of college has continued to go through the roof. Oh, yeah. Um, you've got a lot of um, schools that are ripoff artists out there that, you know, um, you know, ITT Tech, uh, Corinthian College, you know, just total ripoffs. Uh, we had one, uh, we had one, uh, Rid Ridley Lowell in New London, where the student showed up one day and there was a close, you know, closed sign on the door and uh, these are students who had already paid their tuition and um, you know the department of education particularly under betsy devos you know has been completely um you know worthless as far yeah. as um trying to help people who um you know re relied in good faith that they would get you know skills for nursing or um electrician electricians uh you know a whole host of different skills that these these um for-profit colleges were, were peddling out there. And so we need to really tighten up and, and, and strengthen, um, you know, the, the rules for, for uh, you know, institutions that claim that they're giving people diplomas that are worth something and they're not. Um, and we need to, and we need to address the cost of college. Um, and um, as I said, I, I think, you know, with a new majority in the Senate, we're, we're really going to, we're going to move a bill. Okay. Yeah. Wow, you guys are pretty busy down there in D.C. Even now, we're working remotely. <laughs> yep, no, that's right. So the House, um, we did adopt rules because you know our we're, we're 435 people in one room, 
And uh, so we, we did allow proxy voting yep. so that, um, and so for example, I mean, you, it, in order to use it, you had to demonstrate that there was a COVID um, justification sure. for, for asking someone else to cast your, your vote on a given piece of legislation. So uh, Congresswoman Hayes, sure. Johanna Hayes, yeah, yeah uh, I'm sure you saw in the news, um, she tested positive. I did see that. And um, uh, so she could not go down to Washington, obviously, for the last two weeks. And um, she and I have gotten to be really good friends. Um, you know, we both sit on the same committee, education. And um, so I was her proxy. So if you were watching C-SPAN and, yep. uh, you know, you'd see me come up to the mic uh, with my mask on. And, yep. uh, and, and I would announce that, you know, uh, Congresswoman Johanna Hayes from Connecticut, um, you know, authorized me to vote you know, yay or nay, you know, right. given whatever the bill was. And um, um, she's she's feeling a lot better. Yeah, she, she was definitely, yeah, she was definitely um, feeling, a, you know, a little bit of respiratory, um, you know, discomfort that was there. But it's, uh, it, you know, she's a, she's a really impressive person. She was National Teacher of the Year, yeah, you know, before right. she got elected. Yeah, no, and she, she's really, uh, really, a really nice person to a really kind uh, person, you can see why she was such a you know successful teacher. Kids, I'm sure, just loved her. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. What else do we want to talk about? We've got a little bit more time left. So, um, well, let's see. I'm trying to think uh, some of the other issues. Um, you know, we had a, a hearing um, last week that yeah. was a Zoom hearing. Okay. You know, the uh, uh, Magnuson Stevenson's Act, which governs um, you know the fishing rules in, for our country, um, is due for an update. And um, as I think you probably know, living closer to the co coastline, um, you know the sea temperature has changed in Long Island Sound. And you know back in you know even my lifetime, you know there was abundant lobster. Oh yeah. And that's all pretty much disappeared because the you know the temperature of the sound has, has gone up and um, the lobster uh, species population has moved north. Um, you know, they're, they're really all the way up to the Gulf of Maine mostly these yeah. days now. So it shows that climate change is real and it's having some real impact in terms of species uh, migration. What's interesting is, is that uh, fish that used to be in the mid-Atlantic, yeah. uh, like black sea bass and flounder cool. and scup, you know, now that's moved north. So now that's off Connecticut water, off Connecticut shoreline. But the, the quotas, the fishing limits under the federal law has not adjusted with the change in, in um, movement by the fish species. So we literally have boats from Virginia, um, North Carolina that are, you know, right off Long Island Sound just raking in uh, all this fish that um, their quotas allow. But our guys, um, because the quotas were designed back before uh, sea temperature rise, you know, they, they can't. They, they don't get any benefit from um, the abundance of the new new kinds of fish that's there. So anyway, we're trying to get the law changed and we had a hearing last week and we had some, uh, it was really great. We had some lobstermen from uh, Maine. You know, we had some fishermen from um, Massachusetts and Rhode Island. And, you know, I was there representing the Connecticut guys who again have been really, it's, it's you know, if you go to the docks, you know, down in um, Stonington and places like that. I mean, yeah. it's really, they used to be packed with boats and very busy and it's pretty um, limited. And it's partly because the federal uh, rules prohibit them from, from uh, you know, fishing with the, you know, the, the species that's right here at our doorstep. So um, 
hopefully we're going to get a new law that really adjusts the quota limits so these guys have a fighting chance to to keep their fleet you know going i mean they that fleet goes back to the colonial days you know i mean in terms of uh, our country so anyway there's a lot going on and um Hopefully, uh, if you know the things go well in the election, you and I can you know catch up on a lot of it afterwards. Oh my God, I know. Hope, yeah. Hope, hopefully, everything goes well on the election, especially with what what's going on in the yeah. world, what's going on in the country, and yeah. people. I think a lot of people are going to vote absentee ballot rather than standing in line and right. voting in person. What do you think? No, definitely, and I think um, you know, frankly, as the cold weather sets in um right. you know we're obviously seeing the number of uh, uh you know positive um cases going up and right. um and i think frankly between now and november 3rd if anything that number is going to continue to grow so i think you know from a safety standpoint uh people really are going to use it i myself voted absentee um yep and Absolutely. um you know, ABC, you got the ballot, that's A, you got the inner envelope, that's B, and then you have the outer <laughs> envelope, that's C. It's exactly. very simple, and uh, these drop boxes that they have at the town halls, I think is a brilliant idea. Yeah. And, and uh, by the way, that was paid for with CARES Act money. Oh, was it? Yeah, we, we oh, um, back in March, you know, I think people realized election security and a pandemic was gonna be, uh, need, you know, we needed to get some help out there to election officials, so that paid right. for those boxes. Absolutely. And what the other thing you got to mention, remember to when you fill out, if you vote absentee, make sure you sign your envelope or else that yes. voids out your, <laughs> voids yeah. out your ballot. And it's like, no, that, okay. that, that, that'd be tragic. Oh, that, oh, that would be, I was talking to my mom the other day and she was like, make sure you sign the envelope. I'm like, and if I don't, she was like, it voids your vote. I'm like, really? She was like, yeah. She was like, if it, she was like, if you don't sign the out, outside of the envelope, it'll, Avoid your vote and it won't count. I'm like, well, oh. your mother knows exactly I'm what like, she's talking. I did not about. know that. <laughs> like, I did not know that. Yeah, because she's about she's semi-retired, but she's still working. She's she's working the polls for referendums good. and election day. And how's Audrey? She's good. Thank good. you for asking. She's good. back at you know full time at uh, Children's. So absolutely. Uh, and, Kids are good, so Absolutely. so I got to go do another Zoom uh, All right. with uh, some folks in Stonington. Uh, great to see you, Peter. Well, Congressman Jill, let me sign off before you sign off. So on behalf of Congressman Joe Courtney, I'm Pete Mazzetti. Thanks. Good night, and we'll see you next time. Good night. Good night. Good night.